Hey, Adam, how's it going? Nice to talk to you again. Hale, great to be back together since the Super Bowl. That was a lot of fun up on stage with Therese, Bill Burns, Troy Vincent from the NFL talking a little chalk shop. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. I think that was a really good glimpse into what Zebra can do uh, with our player tracking technology, but also what we can do you know, around the enterprise as well. And that was a great moment to get to just show and and explain you know how zebra is transforming the nfl and the rest of the enterprise business as well absolutely it was a lot of fun to be a part of that and to highlight what we do globally around the world for fortune 500 companies to small corporations to etsy betsy from etsy in the sense of our our printers and our handheld devices and mobile computing it's it's uh it really gives you that that pride factor of what the zebra nation does across the globe and certainly our love of sports to be able to be a partner of the nfl going into our ninth season now with the player tracking for next gen stats and very um you know um timely in what we're going to talk about here today is talking about the combine and the fact that uh zebra for the first time, did some beta testing with the NFL to track the player activity for the various drills, specifically the 40, but also wide receiver movements from acceleration and deacceleration, change of direction. Um, now, the NFL is going to house and look at all that data. And um, as far as I know, they are using it as a, as a beta year to uh, be able to analyze and look at the complement of player tracking to what is the combine itself. And as Troy Vincent told us during Super Bowl week, you know, we can be looking at a re-envisioned combine of the future. So it's exciting. And I know, you know, Hale, from watching it, you could see the round little patches on the shoulders that was housing our active RFID tag. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's it's really a great site to be able to see our hardware um, in use and just get to, you know, have a staker claim in this incredible um, function that's so important to the lives of all of these players and, and important to the future of the NFL. So, you know, it's really just it, it kind of warms your heart to see Zebra gear uh, on the on the shoulders of these of these players as they get ready to make their next step. No, it's absolutely true. And and equally, you know, as we talked about it, it's so awesome to see the zebras in the wild, right? No matter where you go in your home, in your hometown or on travel or globally to see the, the, the zebra brand being represented and the fact that we are number one in all the fields that we do and we touch. Um, it's the same for sports and entertainment, specifically here for the NFL. So great to see our, our footprint within the NFL continuing to grow and our our benefits to the players, to the league, to the coaches, and to the fans. I'm hoping that next year, you know, when the NFL does a full release, is just like Next Gen Stats, is they're going to be able to tell some additional stories through the NFL Network broadcast, for example, about, you know, somebody's acceleration or their change of direction and how that corresponds to a player that's already, you know, performing in the NFL, you know, be it a Lamar Jackson or if it's an Aaron Donald, being able to look at their player performance and then tie that to the combine drills it's just another really cool data point that we all love to just ingest and say wow you know this guy's got some potential or he's got some work to do yeah absolutely and it's just a way for you know owners coaches um, scouting departments the the entire nfl as a whole fans just to be able to look and see you know where is this player at compared to players that we've picked in the past you know how does he compare against the field 
Um, and, you know, and, and we had talked about kind of the role that the stats are going to play and the data is going to play in helping those players who may not have played at Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, someplace like that where they get a lot of exposure to, you know, now show that, you know, if they get this opportunity at the combine, like, let's put our best foot forward. You can see my change of direction, my speed, my separation, all those things like that. So you can really understand me as a whole player and, and really what I can do, not just the few, you know, stats that we're going to measure, but, you know, what what is the whole entire package that I can offer your team? And that's, you know, something that Zebra's doing that's helping these players who may have been overlooked, but also helping the players who have gotten you know, all the media, all the press that they can get just, you know, validating that, yes, they really are as good as what they are, they're hyped up to be. So it, it provides incredible transparency to the entire NFL. No, absolutely true. And, and well said, coming from a former NFL player who played in the league, practiced in the league and found your found your own pathway into the league. So. We're going to talk about a couple of the, the folks from the combine that stood out, but hell, you know, for the Zebra Nation, uh, it's great to have you on board. And I remember you and I met during the NFL externship and it's a great success story. I think for Zebra, as well as for yourself coming to that why in the road on your professional career, uh, within the NFL and, and then, you know, deciding to engage and come to work for Zebra. Um, and we can have a whole show just talking about that transition because we all can relate to pivoting at some some point in a direction and finding our, our way in home to zebra um, but let's talk about uh, you know briefly your experience getting into the league now a lot of folks will know that you played in the NFL but you did not necessarily have the opportunity to go to the combine um, you didn't have the opportunity to play in, in the senior ball although you you should have um, <laughs> in my opinion four-time uh, you know national champion um, represented in national championship play four years on Alabama under coach Nick Saban and then on your way into the NFL. But tell us, how did you find your way uh, onto yeah. an NFL roster? Yeah, no, great points there, Adam. And certainly something where you're going to see, and I'll just, I'll throw this out there with the stats and the data, like I said, about those players who aren't, uh, who maybe don't have the ability to go to the senior bowl or the combine or things like that. I mean, just, just getting to, put anything out there, whether it's at your pro day, which was similar to what I did, um, which is, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to play in the senior bowl or go to the combine just because it's a very select group that gets invited. And that's, you know, part of the what makes the NFL so great is because it's really the best of the best and the top of the top. But, you know, my um, experience was going to um, our own pro day at Alabama where, you know, we had all 32 teams were there. They all had scouts. Their, you know, some of their scouting department was there, checking everyone out. You know, timing, um, seeing what we could do, what we could offer, just as maybe players who weren't the most high profile or hyped uh, at Alabama, but you know, understand that we can still play good football, and there might be some diamonds in the rough there. Hey, let me just interject here. We're talking about yeah. Alabama, so. Uh, as somebody who's not a starter in Alabama, typically could start somewhere else. So I think uh, for everybody listening here today, the fact that, uh, you know, Hale's talking about maybe some diamonds in the rough. Absolutely. The entire Alabama roster is somebody that can play Division One football. Um, and so these pro days are a great opportunity for some of the supporting cast 
that, as you said, Hale, may not be the, the, the top tier name recognized players from, you know, um, ESPN coverage in, in the, um, in the newspapers and magazines, but, you know, Alabama football puts out some quality football players. So please carry on. Yeah, yeah, no, great, great interjection there, Adam. 100%, you're correct. Um, and I think you see that with, uh, a lot of people on defense and on offense as well. I mean, you just see there's a handful of guys, like on every team, whether it's NFL, college, high school, that get a lot of the publicity and it's all very rightfully so. But, you know, it, it, the luxury that we had at Alabama was there were a lot of really good players behind, you know, those guys who are getting a lot of the publicity. And the good thing about that for a guy like me is that because these guys who are very high profile bring in a lot of media coverage, bring in a lot of attention, we get to benefit that from that as well by saying, hey, you know, there's this guy, but, you know, who else? Who else is there? And so there's that natural interest, right, that there's got to be more behind um, the players who you know are maybe the top one or two on the team to looking at the rest of the offense, which really benefited me. So now being at Pro Day, there's 32, all 32 teams are there because they know that there's good players here. Um, so that that really benefited me, and I was able to um, you know run the 40, um, do all the same drills that they did at the combine bench right. rep test, uh, three cone drill, pro agility, vertical, broad jump. Uh, everything that you could think, and then doing the position individual drills as well that you see at the, on the combine, because um, I played tight end, so a lot of the same blocking, catching drills with the quarterback, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so they do do a really good job of just making it as close as possible to the combine. So we kind of have our own mini combine per se, and that is really a great opportunity for you know maybe the 15 of us who are really trying to make it um, to to get a, an opportunity to do that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it is your your combine, right? It doesn't have as much of the uh, uh, pomp and circumstance as the week of the combine does in Indy. However, this is, you know, your biggest audition uh, up until this point in your playing career, going from peewee football to high school football, then to college. And you were a top draft rated, you know, um, football player, tight end. Um, offensive weapon going from high school into college, and now you find yourself after four years the opportunity to get this try. What was the mindset like, you know, going into, you know, look, were you, were you pumped up? Were you nervous? You're kind of like, hey, everything's on the line here. Yeah, no, it was like the biggest job opportunity, you know, job interview you've ever had in your life. I mean, it was it was certainly something that. Uh, it was extremely nerve wracking, and we had played in a lot of really big games, whether it was national championship or. SEC championship or whatever. So I was used to being in just a very like high stress, you know, anxious um, situation. But that was probably the most I had ever felt was just, you know, realizing that every single movement, every single thing that you're going to do, every single word that comes out of your mouth is going to be extremely scrutinized um, to the point where, you know, it, it's kind of different from a job interview because in a job interview, you know, there's there's X number of candidates. But if you're making the interview process, you're probably the top five, top 10 candidates, something like that. Uh, but in this case, you know, it was they have their pick of the entire college football world, you know, at your position. So you, you really got the sense of, you know, how, um, you know, just just how on point you needed to be. And, um, you know, that was really something that every single drill, you couldn't take anything, you couldn't take any 
second off of the drill. Like you had to go just max effort, um, absolute, just full throttle every single time, whether it was running the 40 broad jump vertical um, and just kind of go to exhaustion every single time. So I just remember just being absolutely exhausted after every, uh, every drill, but the old, that, leaving uh, it out on the field, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, that's what you had to do um, to just show that you were willing to work and show that you were willing to um, work as hard as you possibly can, which is what they want to see as well. Yeah, well, hey, and it generated results. So you do your pro day, and then what happens next? Yeah, so I did my pro day. It went pretty good, all things considered, um, with kind of what I was expecting it to. And then um, for me, I was not a guy who was – going to jump off the page with as far as like um, numbers at the combine or at the pro day. Um, I knew what I could do really well, and that was being uh, a consistent blocker, someone who was very reliable in the passing game and someone who, um, you know, just knew the plays really well and knew what he had to do to be uh, to have success on the field, uh, but not necessarily going to go out there and run a 4-4-40. I knew that was not me. Um, so, you know, for, for knowing my limitations, I thought I maximized my potential and I was lucky enough to get an undrafted free agent offer from the Indianapolis Colts, uh, which basically says that, and I'll just walk you through the process. So after pro day, there's about a month or so to the, uh, to the NFL draft and there are seven rounds and, um, they take about, it's like 252 players, something like that. I believe that's the number that gets taken. Um, and if you're not in that top 252 and that tight end, that looks like maybe on average, maybe like eight to 12 guys get drafted at tight end any uh, any given year. So if you're not in that top eight to 12, um, you know, what's next is teams can call you. And it's a little bit like regular free agency in the NFL, except you're undrafted. So they can call you. They can kind of, you know, bid around for you and say, hey, you know, you should come here you have a great chance to make the team. You know, this is what we can offer you just being an undrafted free agent. Um, so there's a bit of a courting process. Um, and Indianapolis Colts were one of the main ones who came after me along with a couple other teams. But uh, that was the one where I felt like I had the best chance to be successful. So I ended up signing there and ended up saying yes. And then um, after the draft, you know, it's been a couple more weeks getting ready. And then we had rookie minicamp. Um, and then from there, you're just in the in the show. So rookie minicamp, um, you know, on the team, uh, regular minicamp, and then you kind of get into fall camp after that. Yeah, it is uh, quite the process. And so, yes, you know, and we're going to talk, I think, you know, in, in a future series, we'll talk specifically about the draft and the rounds and the number of uh, total picks that can be taken. Uh, I think we're looking at somewhere around 259 total picks, plus or minus. But, yeah, it's quite the process, right? And uh, thanks for sharing all of that. And we will deep, uh, take a deeper dive when we get closer to the draft, talking yeah. about the ins and outs there. Um, so let's go back to the combine. Hale, and let's talk about, um, first of all, I got to start by just giving the shout out to my friends and colleagues at Zebra Sports under the leadership and direction of John Bacon, the director of operations. I had a chance to see John and Derek Kennard, Derek Bonicelli, Dominic Russo, Dom, hey Dom, Sam Schwalheifer, and uh, Steve Klotz. Uh, who was there this year. And so 
it was awesome. You know, we had meetings with the NFL. We had some meetings with partners and vendors talking about where we're headed here in 2022 with respect to player tracking, as well as the broader range of zebra services and how we can be a leader in sports and entertainment uh, across the NFL, as well as the clubs and the stadiums and the venues. Certainly, we want to get our handheld devices into every organization, all the stadiums, um, and their printing credential needs. As you know, Hale, we can deliver all of those needs, um, and we're the best in class. So when you're dealing with the NFL, they want to deal with the best. So we're excited for the opportunity uh, and growth opportunities there. So our Zebra Sports team did a great job this year. This was the first year out of this beta, as we talked about in the beginning, where they wanted to, you know, demo the player tracking as it relates to tracking the players during the course of their their drills out on the field at Indy. So if everyone will remember, as the official player tracking provider of the NFL, we have our player tracking system installed in every domestic NFL stadium as well as international stadium. And earlier in the year, actually it goes into last year in October, we actually um, did also a beta collection at the International Combine in London, uh, again, led by John Bacon and Derek Bonicelli from the sports team. Um, they've and they do an awesome job. This entire sports team uh, does a fantastic job. They're, the football season for them is a grind, seven days a week, and they just ended the season, and now they're back at the combine for seven days with meetings, testing, making sure that the field's calibrated. We had to make sure that the team had to make sure that every player that was going to touch the field at Indy had the active RFID tags embedded into the zone pouches. And as we were talking about, if you watch the broadcast, you could see during specific uh, moments of the combine where players were going to be tracked, you would see these little uh, sewing, these circular uh, sewn stitching around the shoulder area. And that is where we then had the player tags, you know, blinking at 12 hertz, uh, because, as I mentioned, every NFL stadium has the technology. So it was great to apply a, uh, a special formula so that we could conduct the different periods of the combine using our edge zebra leading software collected by the team. And uh, having spoken with the guys and saw, saw them down on the field, uh, they were on top of it, you know, you know, leading from the front. Uh, delivering their best and uh, obtaining the results. So kudos to the entire team. Great job and shout out for being the leader in player tracking and getting all that data collected. So from that hill, we were then able to watch the broadcast and I was able to sit in the stands a bit and, and, and watch some of the players that I was watching during the senior bowl to see how their performance from the playing performance then translated into their performance on the actual combine, on the biggest stage, the audition, the job interview, as you mentioned. Uh, so that was really cool and exciting. So, Hale, let me turn it back over to you as you watched the the combine. Uh, are there some names that uh, really you know stuck out for you or you want to comment on as far as their draft stock? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, being an Alabama guy, it pains me to say this, but uh, <laughs> I have to – tip my cap to two Georgia defenders that just absolutely blew it out of the water considering, you know, size, um, overall just mass and then just their their athletic ability. It just really eye popping numbers. Um have to start, I'm sure a lot of people saw this pop up on their timelines, but Jordan Davis, um, you know, at three hundred and forty pounds, just a massive human being running four seven eight forty. I mean, I don't think people really 
respect and appreciate like how fast that actually is. I, I would say the average person could get out there and run maybe like a five five or a six flat forty. And this is kind of like a, an average human being, right? But he's at three hundred and forty pounds and you know, six six, six seven, however tall he is. I mean that's that's insanely fast. That, that's that, like a Mack truck moving down right. the field. Right. So just to put it in perspective, no one over 340 pounds has ever run a 40 faster than a 498. So he beat it by two tenths of a second. Uh, so that's, you know, that, that's just crazy. So I'll, I'll throw that out there first. Any Anything to add there? Oh, hey, you know, you being the Alabama guy and having to talk about two Georgia cats uh, certainly uh, certainly shows your, your love of the game and the respect for the ability to deliver uh, and come out and deliver some results. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, so everyone knows about Jordan Davis, but, you know, maybe one that got overlooked a little bit, but just kind of looking at the overall body of work at the combine, Trayvon Walker, who's another edge defender for Georgia. Right. Um, yeah, just incredible explosiveness at the size, you know, 272 pounds, ran a four, five, one. Um, and then, you know, change of direction. We talked a lot about that zebra being able to measure all of those stats and really just get a good understanding. You know, the straight line speed is very important. But what's probably more important playing defense and, and for a lot of positions is your change of direction. And you can see that in his 6.89 second three cone drill. Um, and for people who kind of maybe you know want a little explanation on that. So it's essentially you're changing directions. You're going up, back. So you're changing directions twice there. Then you're going up again, going around a cone, around another cone, and then finishing um, at a downhill angle. So there's a good bit of change of direction there. Um, and at, that's at six, eight, nine, which is just absolutely elite, uh, at that size. And then again, a four, three, two second shuttle, which is, um, you start in the middle, you go about five yards, you touch, you run 10 yards, you touch, change direction and finish. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's just a lot of weight moving laterally very fast. So impressive numbers there. No, impressive indeed. And, you know, what's exciting is certainly I, I hope, you know, perhaps the NFL will give us a little bit of insight on the player tracking data that corresponds to these time frames to get an idea of, you know, we, the next gen stats, right, delivers the next generation of statistics. Even here at the Combine, it'll be awesome. And my, my certain my hope is that come next year, we are going to see some of this this data collected and shared not only with the teams and the scouting departments and agents, but also for the broadcast and for the fans to get an idea of how elite some of these players' performance are. And you certainly, you know, highlighted the fact of what these these guys are bringing to the table and how they delivered during their time on the field at Indy. You know, I'd like to highlight two two folks that come to mind, you know, have had the privilege of being down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Uh, I walked out of there a big fan of Malik Willis out of Liberty, quarterback from Liberty. Um, he's a guy you want to root for. He's got a great personality. He's really grounded. He's the kind of, you know, having been in sports and a period of, of, of my time in my professional journey, I also worked with a sports management firm out of South Florida and was a licensed contract advisor uh, within the NFLPA. And these are the kind of guys you want to represent. who have got a good head on their shoulders. So Malik Willis, great personality team player and he's got great skills and ability however unfortunately he didn't run the 40 so we couldn't see his his bewildering mobility on display for everybody um but i know he's fast as a quarterback we saw his playing speed in mobile as we were tracking him and uh he was he was running some 18 plus scrambles 
which uh, is moving for a quarterback. Um, and I know that he can go faster. Um, yeah. But he's got great arm strength. He's got great precision and accuracy. And you could see that during uh, the, his performance with some step backs, some rollouts, and uh, hitting his target. So I was happy to see that. The other interesting thing, and there was you know a bit story about the fact that he had stopped and had an interaction with someone less fortunate on the streets where he opened up his suitcase and gave them a, a shirt or a sweatshirt um, that was for combine purposes. And I'm telling you, I think some people thought that might have been staged, but I'm here to tell you that that's just the kind of guy that Malik Willis is. He is the shirt off his back, very blessed to be where he's at in his journey. And uh, I wish him all the luck, but certainly was happy to see he had a good combine. Would have loved to have seen him through the 40, um, but we're just going to have to wait um, and see uh, whether or not he's got the pro day coming up, and we'll do that then, or um, folks will have to take his body of work, as Kirk yeah. Street would say. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know everything that you said about him, I'd heard similar notes as well, so certainly um, guy to root for, for sure, and you know, you mentioned something about not running his 40, and a lot of players will elect to not participate in a certain um, a certain test just because maybe they're coming back from, you know, maybe a, a hamstring injury or maybe they, you know, have a pec injury and they don't want to do the bench press or something like that. So it's not uncommon to see people hold out and then to do that drill that they missed out on on the combine on their pro day. So, being, you know, having maybe a couple more weeks to rest and rehab if they're not feeling quite right. Um, and then to try it again, um, or if they got a bad time in the combine and they need to prove themselves to maybe do it again at their pro day. So you see that happen a lot and certainly hope maybe he'll do it at their their pro day and we'll get a chance to see that 40. Yeah, no, and that's a great point. It really comes down to it's a business decision, right? If you're not 100% or you're, you're the fast twitch muscles you know are still healing, uh, it is absolutely the right move, right? You don't want to create a story that's really not a story. It just happens the fact that you're not 100%. So either if you're right, if it's pectoral or if it's a calf or hamstring, it is the right decision not to run. Uh, and so hopefully we're going to see a fully healthy um, – Malik Willis, you know, at his pro day and generate that that buzz because I know that he can will turn heads with that quarterback speed. So the other guy that I'd like to talk about is Tariq Woolen. He's a cornerback out of UTSA, um, University of Texas, San Antonio. Um, I was big on him at the Senior Bowl. This guy is 6'4", 205 pounds. He's got a arm. He's got arm span just boasting 33 inches. Uh, technically 33.58 inches long. Um, and at the Senior Bowl, he was running 22.45 miles per hour. Now, that was playing speed, Hale. He had helmet, full wow. shoulder pads, mm -hmm. leg. He had the full gear on, in cleats. Um, the guy's blazingly quick. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow, that's, again, I don't know if people quite understand, like, how fast that is with, you know, 10 to 15 pounds of gear on you as well. I mean, it's just those are our numbers that should not be possible, should not be humanly possible. But luckily, Zebra's got the ability to track that so we can uh, document these things that are just unbelievable. And I would tell you, going into the combine, certainly his performance at the Senior Bowl during the practices is when he reached that that high speed. And so, again, it goes to Zebra 
in our sports team and our collection of the data and credit to Jim Nagy at the Senior Bowl, who's really on the forward leaning aspect yeah. of incorporating technology in today's modern game to highlight and showcase player performance. And so that is part of the, you know, combine reimagined is the sense of player tracking from these all-star games that we're doing at the senior bowl. We did the East West shrine next year. We're going to do the HBCU legacy bowl, um, which I'm really excited uh, that we have that partnership now across all three major all-star games here in the United States for collegiate football. But uh, Tariq Woolen, the guy also has a ridiculous vertical jump at 42 inches. Wow. So he is almost, as I mentioned, we were talking earlier, Hale, he, he's like the create a cornerback. If you were playing a, a, a virtual digital game of creating a, a cornerback where you got 6'4", 205 pounds, great wingspan, and then the dude can leap 42 inches off the, off the turf. And so he ran the 40. He was healthy. I actually saw his marketing rep during the course of the week, and he told me it was going to be special. He gave me a heads up ahead of time, and he's like, Tariq is feeling ready to go, and you're yeah. going to see something you don't see in a long time. And, boy, did they not disappoint. His official 40 was 4.26 seconds, wow. second fastest of all prospects who have attempted to run at Indy. So um, he has definitely turned some some heads. His his stock is, probably, is, is very much growing across the NFL scouting community. And so it'll be exciting to uh, see how he continues to, um, you know, trend as we get closer here to the draft. Yeah, and that's really what it's all about, Adam, as you've said. I mean, just a guy from, you know, maybe not the most high-profile school in UTSA, obviously a great school, but didn't get the notoriety, maybe as Mm -hmm. some um, bigger schools do. Uh, but that's what's so great about this process, about the combine, about senior bowl, about things like that. Just, you know, they get a chance if they're out there, um, they get a chance to, to just put on and show what they can do. And that's really what just it's all about, you know, just getting an opportunity to prove that, um, you can play in this league and that you can make an impact. And Zebra's got, you know, a, a big hand in that, just being able to, you know, capture these incredible stats and show and literally, you know, show that it, it's more than just the tape. It's more than, um, you know, who you're playing on Saturday or Sunday. It's, it's about, you know, what can each individual do? And Zebra's just does such a great job of being able to track that. Yeah, man, it's 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 awesome. We love it. Um, I know our colleagues into the football and technology, we just eat this up and, and it's so awesome to see us continue to evolve and the, and create that impact for the teams, the players, the coaches and, and the fans and how we appreciate it. So a really exciting, uh, combine this year, some great talent that came forward. Um, so Hale, I think we're going to have to call it a day here today. Um, great talking with you again. Yeah, Adam, great to talk to you as well. Um, I look forward to our next installment as we continue to follow this pre-draft just kind of news and and understanding, you know, what are going to be the movers and the shakers between now and draft day. And then, you know, afterwards, what happens after that? You know, the the players get drafted. um, Now they're they're into proving themselves. So it's all a journey and we're excited to be a part of it and get to show how Zebra plays uh, a role in these young men's journeys to their dreams to the nfl that's it that is exactly it so all right let's do this again zebra nation we look forward to uh, doing this again look out for us in the month of april as we will talk specifically about the draft and the stories leading to the draft and zebra's 
adventure and journey with the NFL as we prepare for the 2022 draft and the 2022 NFL season. For Chalk Talk at Zebra Nation, I'm Adam Petrus. And I'm Hale Henches. And we'll see you next time.